You are not tuned in. To- and you are not tuned in to my skin. It's my sin. Presents another episode of Intellectually Petty Radio. And tonight we got a nice guest coming into the building. Um, King Randall the first. Yes. All right, King Randall in the What's building. going on, boss? Uh, a black conservative. Yeah, sir. <laughs> Yo, um, how you doing, man? How's your family? I mean, all is well, doing excellent. Yes, sir. That's what's up, man. How's life? Life is well, doing just fine, uh, making some moves with my boys in the program. So all is well. All right, let's let's talk about that right quick. Yes, sir. Let, let, let's jump off into it. What, what's the program? What's the name uh, of it and what you doing with it? Absolutely. Well, I'm King Randall. I'm, I just turned 22 years old. I'm the founder of the X for Boys program in Albany, Georgia. We teach boys uh, ages 11 to 17 uh, how to work on cars, uh, like doing basic automotive repairs, such as oil changes, uh, brake repair, uh, changing water pumps, etc. And we also do um, basic home repair, like changing ceiling fans and light fixtures, doing flooring, sheetrock, etc. Um, the boys also do firearms training as well as welding um, and other uh, things like that. We also teach the boys how to swim. Um, because we have an issue with that in our community uh, with not knowing how to swim. So I teach our boys how to swim as well. Right now in the process of opening the Life Preparatory School for Boys in Albany, Georgia, it'd be an all-boys boarding school. Um, and that's kind of just, a, a, you know, the extra boys in one little bubble, um, kind of everything put together. You're going to actually open it though, right? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't going to say no names. <laughs> okay, so so... And then you went viral at some point, right? Yes, back in March. How did that happen? What happened? Uh, well, I did an interview with Roland Martin um, back in early March um, in regards to uh, voter suppression. Um, and I was explaining to Mr. Roland on the show that, um, you know, voting wasn't my fight. I believe we should be doing for self in our communities. And, you know, voting can be a way to help, but it's not going to be the be all end all, you know, as they like to package it. Um, like if we vote and everything is just going to change overnight, we have to do for sales in our ourselves in our communities. Um, so, you know, I told him, you know, that I purchased a school uh, with my boys, you know, here um, well, in Albany, Georgia. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, you know, he didn't I guess he didn't like uh, research me before I came on the show because he didn't mm-hmm. know who I was and didn't know the actual work that I do that I had been mm-hmm. doing for the past three years. And um, after I got off the show. Maybe two weeks later, Dr. Boys Watkins uh, got a hold to the video and he did a podcast in the middle of the night. And um, I woke up the next morning and my social media exploded. Uh, so it started with Dr. Boys and um, people took this one clip from the uh, the interview where I talked about the purchase in the school when he was asking about doing for self and sent it everywhere. I mean, um, people saw it from all over the world. Um, so many celebrities reached out. Etc. Rihanna reached out, John Cena. I mean, so many people like reached out, you know, in regards to us opening our school. So it was such a beautiful thing um, to see uh, so many people, you know, supporting what we were doing. Um, yeah, that's how kind of how I went viral uh, back in March. Okay, not to be petty or, or or silly, but Rihanna called you, bro. Nah, she didn't call, but uh, we we uh, correspond via a text message. But we do uh, speak pretty often. That's pretty dope, though. That's Rihanna. I'm sorry, man. Yeah. She wants to come visit the school. Um, so we're prepping now for her to be able to come. And, yo, man, I wasn't going to say anything, but since you brought his name up, man, I seen the interview, man. And I think that interview was a classic example of why 
old niggas like me can't talk to young niggas like you. <laughs> I'm just going to keep it a buck. Um, and some people going to hate my language. Then go somewhere else. I don't care. Um, but he, he, he was coming at you from a standpoint of not how can I help or offer, but where can I catch you slipping? Right. And that's that's unfortunate. Um, like I could see some of the I looked over some of your interviews, like white folks love you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a problem for black folks. Yep, and I think um the issue for me is um we've taken blackness and made it only being oppositional to white people. And I'm just like, you can still have a pro-black movement and white people like what you're doing. Like I literally been working with black children for the past three years uh in the program. I've been explaining do for self. I'm pro Malcolm X, pro all that. Um, you know, I support the nation of Islam, etc. But I like I told tell black people who call themselves don't like me because white people support. I'm just like, well, what you want me to do? Make a public service announcement and say, hey, white people, you're not allowed to like us, you know, helping our community. I, I mean, I'm just like, well, you should want them to support. You know, people always talking about reparations etc i'm like well if the white people are supporting and donating look at it as reparations i'm like they should want to support and you know donate to programs that are uh, helping our youth see, that, 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 that's it right there and and i think that it's not necessarily for me anyway it's you're not making things situational like right. certain conversations shouldn't be had with white folks right exactly mm-hmm. um but i see like i see them using some of of, of what you're saying as a tool, and I get that you need the resources. I get that. Mm-hmm. But that's where people, you know, black folks like, okay, yeah, okay, nah, nah, I'm, you know, you get what I'm saying, bro? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that's when when I'm on the platforms that I'm on, you know, mm-hmm. of course, they'll try to use sound bites. I can't help that, you know, but whenever I'm on the platforms, I have to make sure that stuff is is checked and corrected. Um, you know, when I'm there. Um, but as far as like people, you know, using some of the talking points like um old black people don't need to ask the government for nothing and blah 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 blah. I hear some of things, but I can't necessarily help it, you know, if I'm not there to, you know, say anything about it. But whenever I'm on the platforms, whenever mm-hmm. I speak at these different events, I'm making sure I keep my message uh pro black always. That's dope, man. Um and I for one man, I applaud what you're trying to do, bro. I appreciate it. You know, and I wish you all the success in the world. Um, what's next? Uh, well, right now, um, we're looking at opening our school um, next fall, actually. We were actually supposed to open this fall. Mm-hmm. Um, our local school board uh, obviously didn't want that to happen. Uh, so we ended up having to push back uh, a year um, because we were actually trying to purchase a school from our local school system. Mm-hmm. Um, they basically tried to give us pushback and uh, tried to give us a contract for the building um, that was basically counterproductive to what we were trying to do. The contract stated that um, we could buy the building, but it had to contain a use restriction that we could we couldn't operate our own private or charter school unless they taught the curriculum, which is completely oh, counterproductive. Um, you know, and some more stipulations in the contract as well. Um, and you know, it was it was disheartening. You know, especially when they were saying it was in good faith. I'm like, how is that in good faith when you know we're trying to open our own school and then you're going to come and tell us that we can't if we buy the building from y'all? I'm just like, I've never heard of any, you know, uh, purchase sale agreement, you know, telling somebody what they can do, can't, can and can't do with property that they're purchasing. I could say we're releasing it or renting it or exactly. purchasing it. So how are you going to tell us what we can do? That's like me buying a house and then telling them, 
you know, well, you guys can't sleep here unless we sleep too. Like that makes no sense. You know, That's crazy. yeah. So we backed out of the deal with them. I was not about to sell my kids out. I could have, um, it would have been a nice money grab. They were going to pay all the teachers, et cetera. I could have been still raking in donations and everything, but that's not what it was about. And they did a full smear campaign against me in my hometown, which is totally fine. I didn't mind it at all um, because now we have bigger and better things. We, we purchased three buildings um, now and we're in the process of, you know, renovating them to turn into a school for our boys. Uh, so I had a ram in the bush and we're going to keep moving. So do you already have a curriculum in, um, in place, you know, that you're ready to go or are you still working on that? We're working on a full curriculum with former teachers and superintendents from around the country. Um, to kind of help us get this thing, you know, together to a point where um, it's basically what I, you know, want our boys to learn as well as uh, my circle of elders and what we feel like is going to best serve the students in the city of Albany. I feel like a curriculum should be ever evolving um, because, you know, the times evolve. I don't see how we still using the same curriculum from 1999 or 2005 when the times have evolved. The curriculum needs to develop as the children develop. Um, so I do believe the curriculum should be ever evolving and curriculum shouldn't be the same for so many different districts or states because the students may need something different. Like the kids in Albany may need something different than the kids in Atlanta. Or the kids in Detroit may need something different from the kids in Chicago. Um, so I think um, that that plays a part in, you know, um, our curriculum as well. So it'll definitely be ever evolving. But we always have, you know, counsel um, that we seek in a whole multitude of teachers and superintendents and former principals, et cetera, that are helping us get our curriculum together. Ask the kids too. I would. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, are they, so are they going to live there on campus? Yep. So we'll have two different campuses um, for them. We'll have a boarding portion, then we'll have a school. So we'll have the school for them to come school at, and then we'll have a boarding portion, um, um, mainly for zoning requirements, um, because it's the place we bought is a uh, zone for school. However, mm-hmm. try to board them there, then we have to go through a whole jump through a whole another hoop trying to figure out how we get it zoned. Um, for them to be able to stay there. So we get a separate location for them to stay at. We can just bust them to school every day, which is about seven minutes. Okay. All right. And and as far as your political aspiration, I'm sorry, I was getting ready to ask you if you had political aspirations. No, I don't. Um, like I can make bigger change uh, just doing what I do. I used to when I was back in high school and things like that. But okay, after- bro, that was like 20 minutes ago. Stop it. Yeah, but, why, but after I got out of high school, <laughs> and actually start affecting change, you know, I've been doing more than the politicians. Um, just doing this for the past three years. Um, so I feel like I can affect more change, you know, doing what I do versus being in politics. Sure, we can help, you know, push maybe some candidates who may be interested in helping, you know, our community and things like that. But I feel like um, our communities are really going to change if the people in the community do so. Now, when you say you're a conservative, what exactly does that mean? Uh, I mean, the same thing I mean with my granddad to say the same thing or your granddad or anybody else's granddad. I believe in a conservative family. I believe in our family structure. I believe in uh, a man being a man and a woman being a woman. I believe only women can have children, you know, along that line um, of things. But I believe in conserving our family values. I feel like our family values have um, completely went down the toilet, um, which is why our family structure is so uh, out of whack. Right now, I do believe fathers need to be in the homes because every time I say that, sometimes people have to want to argue with me about why single moms have a great time or a great way of raising boys when statistics show otherwise or conditions of our community show otherwise. Uh, So, yeah, that's kind of what I mean by being conservative. It's not like, oh, I'm a Republican or I support Donald Trump or things like that. It just simply means, you know, I believe in conserving our family structure, et cetera, um, that we had back in the day. Um, when everything, when our statistics were doing better, we've done worse ever since uh, we've been able, we've had the right to vote. Our statistics have went down. 
Um, so our family structures have went out the window, um, but it was all done strategically and on purpose, including with the crack, crack epidemic, et cetera. Um, so all those things were done on purpose. So I believe in conserving our old way of life um, because that's mm -hmm. what we're driving. I'm sure people will come up with a thousand reasons as to why our families may have not have been good or something like that. But I'm like, well, I'm I'm seeing old marriages back then, you know, lasting, and I'm seeing complete. Yeah, but yeah, bro. But that like like I think that we try to put a, a lipstick on a pig with that shit sometimes too. Mm -hmm. See, like like my great grandmother, you know, like was like one generation removed from slavery. Yep. Mm -hmm. But when she got married, her husband could treat her like absolute shit. And in mm -hmm. often cases, did. Mm -hmm. Like dudes could come home and suplex their wife, and it was shit she could do. She had absolutely she 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 had absolutely no rights. This is true. So I think a lot of times what we do is we, we try to make it seem like like because people stayed together longer, it was a a a a, a marriage out of love. It, it wasn't. In a, in a lot of cases, like I've seen a lot of shit, people hide shit in the closets. Like mm -hmm. folks don't like to talk about shit. Yep. Um, I think now, I think people are are just more open and honest. And sometimes that's not a good thing, but sometimes it is. Mm -hmm. I think with the you know, like you you right, there has been a, a a concerted effort to destroy the black family. That's true. Um, but man, you know, we got we got to deal with some of the, the trauma that that men have inflicted on our women over the years too of course absolutely definitely didn't say that um but i think uh majority because i know we'll hear that side of the spectrum too but mm -hmm. that's kind of the only side we'll use to defend single moms you know and things like that but that went yeah. out case we also had my granddad and my great-granddaddy who had beautiful lives and treated their wives beautifully um so i mean and had beautiful families etc and grandmama will tell you about it um, so, you know, we had that happen actually more often than not, um, but yeah. definitely you know, our women um, definitely went through a, a big trauma, but our men, um, they they didn't know how to, I'll say they got taught by their slave masters how to treat their, their wives, um, you know, so that that's a part of that trauma too, you know, a lot of them got taught, they saw how the slave masters treated their, their wives, you know, so they thought that was the right thing to do, you know, um, but women didn't have any rights. Um, but now they do. That's some real shit right there. And to be quite honest, I never thought about it like that. Yeah. So you got to think who taught them how to be a husband, the slave master, you know? So a, a lot of that, that's even like how I tell my boys, like who don't have fathers in the home, they get mad at their dad and stuff like that. I'm like, well, did your dad have a dad who taught him how to be a daddy? I don't get mad at my dad for not just being in my life or whatever. Cause he didn't have a father. So I, I ain't just, you know, super upset. Cause ain't nobody teach him how to be a daddy, you know? So, but that's just, I don't get mad at him for it. I'm like, and honestly, you know, seeing the man that he is, you know, and I love him, you know, I still love him. We talk and stuff like that, but I would never want to be the guy that he is today. You know, I'm glad he didn't raise me. I'm glad he wasn't there. So I'm glad my stepdad was there to help me. Like, you know, and he'll tell my dad will tell you the same thing. He's like, I'm glad you didn't turn out like me. I'm glad. You know, he, even when I was a kid, he'd be like, man, just don't be like me when you grow up, you know? So it's stuff like that. But I, I, you know, it's, we had a lot of trauma to deal with. And I definitely believe therapy and counseling and, you know, mm -hmm. things like that are important for our community, but we definitely got to have our family structure back for folks nowadays. You know, our women, you know, are up here in direct um, opposition to us, you know, um, is, 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 is bad. Um, I definitely feel like, uh, you know, people saying that fathers, you know, need to be in the homes shouldn't be a problem. 
Um, cause now every time I say that it's like folk want to argue every time I say fathers, you know, boys need fathers. I'm like, why is that a, a, a bad thing to say? Boys do need their dad. I'm not like somebody told me saying that was discounting the work of single moms. I'm like, I never, nobody's talking about single moms. Boys need fathers. What does that have to do with single motherhood? And they're like, oh, well, I noticed one kid who had a single mom who's raised good. I'm like, okay, anecdotal pieces of evidence have nothing to do with the majority. Let's talk about the majority. These boys need their dads. Um, that bears witness in my program. Um, I have a program where over 90% of the kids don't have fathers and they automatically start developing once I put them around men. It's, it's really simple, you know, um, and even with the boys wanting to mimic, you know, men that they're around, a lot of those kids will start mimicking, you know, bad men because they only around bad men. Or yeah. if they're not around men at all, they start being super feminine. I've had parents come and ask me, Mr. King, I know my son is not gay, but He's real feminine. I'm like, well, mom, who's he around all day? So he's around you and grandma and auntie and all that all day. Yeah, well, that's why he acts like that. He's gonna act right, act like what he's around. If he's around no men, he's going to act feminine. That's just I dealt with that until my stepdad came into my life because I was only around women. I was around all my girl cousins all day, my grandma, my mama. I was literally around women all day. So the feminine traits I had, like I didn't know it was wrong or anything. And even the, the boys that deal with that, they'll tell you I'm not. Gay, Mr. King. It's just everybody keep calling me gay, you know, whatever. I'm like, well, son, look at how you take your pictures. Look at how you walk in. Look at how you talk, you know. But he's around his mom all day, you know, around his aunts or, or girl cousins, you know. So I have to kind of show them, you know. So that's a tough one. I don't know about that one. Um, because I, I kind of grew up under the same circumstances. Uh, I get what you're saying, though, but I don't. I don't, I don't know. Um, but I, I, I will say this generation period is probably the uh, you know, dudes wearing dresses now. You didn't see that all too often, mm-hmm. you know, and that's like a it's like not shocking anymore, yeah. I ain't knocking nobody wearing a dress, just saying you didn't, you know, that's some shit that I didn't see growing up, to be quite yeah. Honest. And I don't even I don't even mind stuff like that because I feel like you know, as long as I'm raising my children, you know off the social media grid or whatever like that i mean i think they'll be okay um but i don't have a problem with you know folk like of that you know uh sexual orientation or whatever i don't have a problem that i feel like that's just something you decide to do in the bedroom i don't need you to come tell me every five seconds that this is what you like to do in the bed that has nothing to do with me go go do that in the bed i don't care you know and people always ask well would you accept you know, um, a, a boy that wants to be a girl at your school, yeah, because you're going to get manhood training while you're here. That doesn't change my curriculum because you want to be a girl. You're still going to get taught how to be a man at this school. That's That just is what it is. Um, so sure, he can come. Will you accept gay boys? Yes, come on through. <laughs> I don't have a problem with that. You know, um, so that, I don't. I definitely don't have a problem with that. But when people or parents or even the boys come and ask me, they're like, Mr. King, people be calling me gay. I'm not gay. You know, and I have to be like, well, look, just pay attention to your surroundings. Look, you're around a lot of women all day. So look at how you're taking your pictures. Look at these filters that you're using. Look at how you're posing, et cetera. Like it's a little bit more feminine, right? So people are going to be more inclined to call you gay, you know, but that's just conversations we got to have, you know, um, with our, with our boys. Um, but that's like me growing up. Like, um, I used to put my mom's shoes on and stuff like that, like put her heels on and stuff, but I didn't know like it was just wrong, you know, or, not even that it was wrong. It's just I didn't know any better because I was around women all day. But once my stepdad came around, he outside, you know, fixing on cars and building stuff and all that. That was me. So I wanted to be like him. And that's what I started doing. I started working on cars and, you know, building um, building the sheds with him and who's growing food and stuff. So that, like, morphed me into, you know, kind of like who I am now. 
or whatever versus when i was with my mom all the time and around my grandma all the time i was extremely feminine not that i was gay i was just extremely feminine you know um that's just how i was until my stepdad came in my life and my granddad's you know started kind of get a hold to me and my uncles etc so they all kind of you know molded me uh into the man i am all right um i wasn't wearing mom's shoes though i never don't no, that was that was a bit much um, i'm just saying that's I, that's what happened <laughs> really yeah i was like six or seven years old six seven eight like my mom wore heels all the time and that was literally all out and so i'm just curious what your mama say she didn't know like I, I didn't do it in front of her or whatever like that it was just like i would just put them on or something like that because i had to see her wear them or whatever like that but i didn't know like even though i was gay and i just didn't know you know i didn't know it was wrong with them but that's that's all i saw all day my grandma wearing heels mama wearing heels so i just go put her shoes on you know but that's all i was around you know so oh wow that's a that's a unique unique way to look at it i'll say that uh if anybody wants to donate how do you do that uh, you go to the xforboys.org that's t-h-e the letter x f-o-r-b-o-y-s.org um you can go there to donate you can go there and see all of our pictures of the things i've taught the boys um field trips our videos um ways to come volunteer you name it um all of it's on the xforboys.org and also my social media tags are there as well okay um and you said you just turned 22 right yes sir just turned 22 july 26. Wow, what you do for your birthday? And, and and let me let me just for some people out there, like I'm not super like we just have a conversation and I'm just nosy. <laughs> uh, uh no worries. Um, but not for my birthday. Um mm-hmm. I graduate my boys from the summer camp on my birthday. Uh mm-hmm. so this year my boys graduated from the summer camp. I gave out all their awards for the things they earned this summer. I had 36 kids uh this summer, um, boarded um and you know we had a blast um, we did field trips we did welding we did swimming classes i mean um we did i mean it was like we had a blast um they learned so much um this past summer and i was so proud of them you know it was definitely a little tough time you know dealing with 36 children uh, for two yeah. months you know and boarding them feeding them every day etc so it was a little tough but you know i enjoyed it and i love what i do uh, so that's what i did for my birthday every year for the past three years i graduated my boys um, from the summer camp 36 kids for two months though yes sir 36 was there, was, was there something in your life that 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 said you know that was there like a, a lightning bolt moment where you know what this is what i want to do this is my path yeah absolutely um so where i live in albany georgia uh we right now we're number one for poverty in the state in the state of georgia uh mm-hmm. and we have so many killings and murders uh where i live and it's amongst children and boys uh, we have children being killed and other children committing these crimes. Um, we have a lot of teenagers getting killed. We had a nine-year-old killed last month. Um, you know, it's a lot of tragic murders um, happening in the city. And every time somebody dies, we have these stop the violence meetings in Albany, and everybody want to come and be intellectual and talk about what the solutions are, and then nobody's actually implementing anything. Nobody's actually doing anything. Um, so I had a huge issue with that. So. One year, um, I, I decided to do a field trip with 20 boys from the neighborhood. I didn't care who they was. I was just like, let's do a field trip. I'm going to take them to the African-American History Museum and the Center for Civil and Human Rights. And taking those kids on that field trip, listening to them, ask the questions that they were asking, listening to them want to learn more, listening to them not want to be in their condition. That's how I knew. That's where I wanted to be. That's how I knew they were going to change the city of Albany. Um, city of Albany is going to change with those the next generation with the youth um and i've tried you know to work you know with older people etc but nobody 
is going to give the consistency and the, the dedication and the patience that I want to see um, with the children. So I had to do it myself. Um, and that's like I told him, it's the only way it's really going to change. People are like, oh, we need more basketball courts. We need this. We need that. I'm like, no, the boys need mindset changing. They need fully full mindset changing. Mm-hmm. You give them a basketball court, they're going to kill each other at the basketball court. You go do this and that in the third. That's just literally all that's going to happen. They need full mindset changing. They need literal, literal consistency. They need literal discipline. They need routines, etc. Um, things that granddad taught growing up. They need all these things. And that's going to happen when you take them away from their environments give them a space where they all can develop and grow and give them a new curriculum, teach them what they need to know. Cause even in the school system, uh, our boys are graduating school illiterate. Um, and I don't see why people, you know, are still upset with me at the school system when I'm just like your children that I'm working with every week are in 12, 11, 10, all the way down to sixth grade and can't read. Why can't they read and they're going to school every day. And pass school? that is an issue for me. That's another reason why I started our book club that we have. Um, and we have 86% reading comprehension rate. So our children are coming to the program and they're learning how to read and not only reading, but they're comprehending what they're reading. Uh, so this it's, it's a lot, um, you know, as to why I started the program uh, three years ago when I was 19. Um, and, you know, the program has results. So, you know, of course, people are like, oh, he's young, but I have a little experience now with working with these children and I can kind of say what I feel like they need, you know, and to grow. Um, so as long as they have somebody being consistent with them, they start changing their lives. The moment you take the consistency away, the moment they go back to their environments and start doing things they have no business. Um, so as long as we can literally give them the consistency, give them the love, allow them to make mistakes, give them the, this, the discipline, um, they, they start changing their lives. That's pretty dope, man. What can my generation do? And and, and we talked about it a little bit off air. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes we can be confrontational with the next generation mm-hmm. or generation after. Um and and I've seen it myself, and sometimes it pisses me off. How can we develop a better relationship with y'all where y'all would actually take some of the wisdom? Because mm-hmm. we've been here for a long time for a reason. Absolutely. Um, but without being condescending. Um, I always say uh always be willing to give wise counsel. I have a council of elders myself, so I know a lot of people. What he know, I'm just like I got a whole council of others that kind of advise all of my decisions most of the time. I don't consider myself an adult till 25. That's when the uh, decision making part of your brain is finished developing. Um, but yeah, so I'm just like elders. I think a lot of them have the ways they were taught growing up that are supposed to change, and I have to sometimes tell you know elders. I'm just like, well, we've tried these ideas for the past God knows how many years. Allow allow us to, you know, go in a different direction. We want to listen. We want the wisdom. I do anyway. I love constructive criticism. I want the wisdom. I want to go in a better direction. But I think being in this generation, we should try going this way along with your wisdom and guidance going this way. But we can't keep trying that same way that we've been trying for the past 50 years and expecting it to work. Um, That's just where I stand, it's kind of like even where I stand with voting. Yes, voting is important, but we've been voting since the Civil Rights Act and our communities have gone this way. So I'm just like, why why do we keep painting that and pushing that like that is the thing? Let us talk about a new way in which we can try, you know, changing our communities. We didn't say stop voting. We didn't say that it wasn't important. Mm -hmm. We can try something else, you know, that we can do on our own. Um, But it's a little easier to not do things for yourself. And while I got the energy, you know, to do it, while my back ain't, you know, I'm going to take the, the counsel from my elders and, you know, move forward. But I think it's just sometimes hard to allow 
a young person to to move forward, you know, with things. But like I tell them all the time, Fred Hampton was 21. Martin was 20 something when he's got his doctorate. You know, a lot of these heads that was important, they started stuff when they were young, like really young, you know, and Fred Hampton was a force. Like this man was 21 years old. They had to kill him, you know, So and I'm 22. So I'm just like, let's let you know we can listen to it sometime you know as, as long as there's a mutual respect there because i do understand a lot of kids in my generation are very disrespectful and if i was y'all age i wouldn't tell them nothing and i'd be arguing with them too uh, so that's just is what it is um so i definitely ain't gonna sit here and act like oh we just gonna you know go out here and do our thing and don't and act like we just gonna listen to older people that's not how a lot of you know kids in our, in my generation work these kids are they're very disrespectful they don't want to listen you know, but you have to find those of us who do want to listen in this generation and, and definitely give wise counsel and don't, you know, don't get discouraged at us either. I mean, you know what? The way I look at it is I fucked up a lot. Early mm-hmm. I mean, a lot. And I never forgot that. A lot of us forget that. Right. We, we forget that we did the same dumb shit our kids is doing. Mm hmm. You know, um, and and when you look at it from that perspective, I think you understand the freedom required to be young. Mm-hmm. Um, and and yeah, some of these cats is disrespectful. They they really are, um, but they just angry, and they don't know what to do with the anger. Absolutely. You know, um, and my generation did did. My generation was in the best position as black people in the history of this country. Mm-hmm. And we dropped the ball. We allowed them to put crack in our communities and fucked it up for y'all. That's just as real as I, as real as I could be. Mm-hmm. You know? and, and my generation as a whole, collectively, don't want to admit that shit. And so what we start doing is we start projecting the blame onto y'all. Mm-hmm. Well, y'all disrespectful. Where the fuck they come from? Us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you don't come out the womb like fuck you, nurse. Right. No, <laughs> you know, you gotta learn the language first. Yeah, and you we teach them. Yeah, we, we did them a disservice and want to blame them so we don't have to hold ourselves accountable. Right. You know? So I try to when I talk to young people, I try to let them know that that, that that's where I'm coming from anyway. But you know, it's a bunch of old niggas, it's not gonna change. So I get why y'all don't want to work with people at at, at sometimes, <laughs> but I like the fact that you got a council of elders. Like that's something that I don't think I've ever heard anyone your age say. That is important. That is important. I need a virtual spanking every now and then. I need my uncles to call me. I need you know some older heads to to call me and guide me. They know I'll listen. And even with them calling me, they know I'm still gonna make my own decisions. Um, but it's always, you know, wise to have that guidance because um, I don't know everything. And that's extremely important to understand as well. I don't know everything. I ain't, <laughs> Every day I, I get older, I realize I don't know nothing, uh, you know, because it's so much to find out and so much you don't know you don't know. Um, and, you know, I think even I tell my boys that same thing, have people that you can go to for wise counsel. Um, that's extremely important. That's for people who've been through the ringer before, who've been through, you know, certain things, who who maybe even try to do what I try to do before, you know, and can give me counsel in how they may have failed and what they should have done, you know, et cetera. That's how we should be able to help each other, you know. Um, but we just got to be able to li- be able to listen to one another and, um, you know, work on one accord. And as long as we got the same end goal, 
I think we'll be okay. Like there's actually uh there's there's several brothers across the country I know that uh started their own schools either um in the physical or online mm-hmm. and been doing it for a long time. Mm-hmm. So, um if if at all possible, I try to link y'all up and maybe they yes, sir. along the way. You know, um it would be dope um in the school to have like uh a different type of home ec, you know, mm-hmm. like how to run your household type of shit, how to pay your bills. Absolutely. You know, how, how to get your credit together. Because, man, we're killing ourselves with the credit shit. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm damn near 50, and I'm just not really giving a fuck. Because <laughs> for years, you hear, oh, don't answer the phone. That's so-and-so. I owe them some money. Your mm-hmm. mom's tell you that. Don't answer the dough. It's so-and-so. So you, you develop that psyche of fucking people over, basically. Right. Mm-hmm. And you don't realize they're strangers. You know, the government going to pay them back. Well, you're fucking yourself over in the long run. Right. Mm-hmm. Or even yeah. putting stuff in your kid's name. <laughs> oh, I would never do no shit like that. I mm-hmm. I would just go without, you know, and I tried to do the best I could to teach my daughters the value of their credit score. Mm-hmm. You know, because, um, man, oh, and pay your taxes, man. I, I went through that shit, too. Mm-hmm. Eight years I had to pay the IRS. Wow. Yeah. Shit was horrible. Mm-hmm. I figured, you know, I drop a couple jewels on, light jewels on you uh, while you're here. Cause she could be my damn grandson, damn near. Um, and I always, one more thing, I always say, uh, when you want to do something, think of the absolute worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. If you're okay with that, that's a good move. Yep. You know. Um, and anyway, I'm sorry, man, but I, I have a tendency to get on the soapbox a little bit when I got. No worries. That's that's one of, uh, one of my elders' quotes. He always said the same thing. What's the worst case scenario? You cool with that? Every time. Mm-hmm. When was the last time one of them called you and said, "Bro, you fucking up"? Um, probably back in March, I think it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What happened? What you do? Um, what can you say? Say it again. I said, or can you say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah to to an extent, I can. Um, okay. I um, it was back in the school system thing, and um, I was allowing some of the smear campaigns to get to me, and I was wanting to, you know, respond back or whatever in certain ways. Me being twenty two and, and a little fireball, you know, and um, you know, of course they call like, "Hey, dog, chill out, take that stuff down, man. Let them talk, let them run their mouth," you know, like yeah. So I had, to, and it was it wasn't a, as nice as that because I did do a little. I had hit him pretty hard, you know, back. But um, yeah, I just have to, you know, as time goes on, the less, the less mistakes that I make, you know, because I know before I make a decision, I think about what they would say, and I also call them every time before a major decision. So I try to minimize those mistakes. But yeah, last time I probably got chastises in March. Oh man, so so I'm not understanding that one. No, why not? Ah, it's um. I don't know how to explain it because I don't, if you've ever noticed, I don't respond to any critics or smears or anything. What happens is my local community will thrash me. Right. But an international platform. What they're explaining is you don't give low level Negroes no platform. You don't respond to them. You don't mention their name. That's what they're looking for. They want you to say something bad. They want you to give their name uh, some clout. And that's all they're looking for. So when you don't respond to them, they stuck with 30 views. They stuck with 40 views. They stuck with one and two likes versus if I give them my international platform and say, 
you stupid, this, that, and the third, you're mm -hmm. wrong, blah, blah, blah. And everybody from all over the world is brought to this little local matter, then blah. But see, people all over the world don't even know I, be, I get locally smeared all the time because I don't respond to those idiots. I just let them, let them talk because they cannot outwork me. Out of all the people that do the podcast and the smear campaigns for no reason, when I just mind my business, none of them do any work. Um, and for the people that listen to them, usually where I live, man, um, people just be waiting on you to fail. And so I kind of realize now, like, um, the different celebrities that we have, you know, had mm -hmm. come out of Albany and why, they, you know, but me, I won't leave because I love my children there. Um, but I realize now you, you people get upset, you know, at them leaving and stuff. But then now I've got to a point, I'm like, shoot, I see why they leave. Because every time somebody here is trying to do something like good, like they ran the other. Um, it was some white people that came to start a charter school, but they ran them out of town. Um, I mean, it's other stuff that has happened. Football players, et cetera, that have come there. And it's like people all they do is trash people there. You know, anybody who's trying to do something, they get trashed. Uh, so I just rolled the punches, man. And I just keep it moving. They cannot outwork me. I'm going to continue working with my children. As long as the parents of those children know what I'm about and know what I'm trying to do for their children, you know, I'm cool. So I just let them run their mouth and I keep attacking them with the work. That's how I attack them. I attack them with pictures of book club. I attack them with pictures of us doing workshops. I attack them with pictures of us doing field trips. I attack them with us doing free breakfast to our community. That's how I attack them back um, and just let them keep running their mouths. Yeah, I'm, I'm a lot pettier than that, though. <laughs> That's understood. <laughs> <laughs> That's understood. Like, like, it's one thing for me to be, you know, like, but if you directly let me know, hey, you talking shit, I might have to say something back. But it's, just, <laughs> it's all I, good. I get where you're coming from, though, man. It's, just, mm -hmm. it's chess, man. And I'm, you know, I can get away with saying certain shit because I'm old. I got gray hair. So it's just like, he's just old and, and, and angry. You know what I mean? People kind of allow me certain pass on what I'm going to say. Because what you going to You going to beat up an old man? Well, no, you're not. You might get shot. But, <laughs> yes, sir. Man. Um, is there, has there any been, has there been any criticism where you're like, you know what? That was actually, you know, and I'm not talking about from your circle, mm -hmm. but just from the, the you know, blogger sphere and all mm -hmm. of that, you know, the media, whatever the case is. Has there been any criticism where you thought, you know what, there's some validity to that? Um, Back when, when we got into it with the school system, mm -hmm. um, I should have kept it under wraps because we things were moving so quickly with the school system at the time where um i didn't have a problem telling people that it was happening i'm like yeah we're do doing this deal with the school system we're about to buy this school from them we're gonna open this like I, we, we did news media on it etc mm -hmm. etc et and then everything it, like everything went down <laughs> thank you for my phone but yeah everything went down um and and that's kind of where um i feel like i you know messed up or whatever um everything kind of failed um uh, with that and you know it wouldn't have maybe been as much heat if i hadn't said anything and just let the deal go through and then said something after the ink was dry so that's where i learned my lesson you know um when we bought our next three buildings i never said a word about it until i signed the papers and the ink was dry until i had given the money and i had signed the papers that's when i finally said boom the ink is dry now you know we bought our three buildings for our school um so yeah that's 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 something you know people say they're like well why he talked about it so early he, he could have he could have shut up and not said nothing about it. Now he looked like this, that, and the third. So I was like, all right, I'll take that. <laughs> so, yeah. That I'm makes like, sense, too. 
mm-hmm. you know sometimes you, you gotta hide your hand exactly i got excited you know so yeah it's the first time though man mm-hmm. absolutely you know, the, the first time usually never ne- never goes right lesson <laughs> <laughs> gotta learn a lesson so i'm grateful for all lessons learned i believe everything happens in divine order uh so it happened and you know gotta move forward uh okay your favorite genre of music hip-hop r&b either or oh man it depends on what day of the week i wake up i listen to everything i listen to opera music i listen to rock rap um heavy metal you name it like hey, when... you listen to opera yeah mm-hmm. what's the, who, who, who you listening to i don't listen to anybody in particular because i'm not like like into it like that but mm-hmm. um I have an opera playlist that I listen to and it, it calm it's real calming and I use it to think. Um but I don't have a particular playlist I listen to, but from heavy metal, um I'll listen to um what's those guys' names? Uh, a band called Saliva, um, Disturbed. Uh for hip hop, my favorite artist Travis Scott. Um I like Jay-Z and Drake, um country music, Luke Bryan, um uh Philip Phillips. I mean, rock music. Yeah, I listen. I listen to some of everything. I love gospel music. I listen to gospel all the time. <laughs> so I, I, it just depends on what day of the week I'm waking up. I'm like, eh, I'm gonna listen to this today. So, ah, I would. I, you know what? And I, 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 I knew a brother that listened to symphonies. Mm-hmm. Dude was fucking brilliant. Symphonies are important. You don't the strings, um, the string instruments actually do something to your brain. I can't remember. I did a study on it one time. But yeah. symphonies and string instruments actually do something positive to your brain. I do not know that. Mm-hmm. Although I'm not surprised because a lot of in- intelligent people listen to classical music. Mm-hmm. Yep. So operas and classical music and stuff, Beethoven, all that old junk. That's all me. Opera is like, 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 actually, is is it's like Italian hip hop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Low key, it is. Yeah, I, I, um, I, mm-hmm. That's that's they singing with they got swag, but they really talking and they telling you a story. Right, absolutely. And if you pay attention, you actually can't hear the lyrics. But but most people just hear. Oh, you know, just like no, actually, listen, you can hear the lyrics if if you. Yeah, but. yeah man, I I have not reached that level of zen yet. Then. <laughs> <laughs> like Broadway one day get all dressed up and stuff I do plan to go to one of those really uh, I don't know if I would go to an opera I, I would like to go to Broadway but the tickets are too fucking expensive like, <laughs> yeah you gotta plan for it <laughs> oh my god yeah I had to save a whole year just to go to a fucking show for three hours two yep. hours <laughs> um, have you been to the African American Museum in Detroit in Detroit Yes. No, I haven't um, been there. The last time I went to Detroit, well, I went to Savior's Day. Um, that's the last time I was in Detroit. When did you go to Savior's Day? Was that two years ago? Yep, the last one they had. Yep. I, I was there. Really? I probably saw yes. you. Yes. Actually, uh, my best friend is a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's actually pretty pretty swanky when in Detroit. Um, so we got some tickets. Mm-hmm. So we're like three rows back from the stage. Okay. Yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty dope flex on his part but uh i really i had never been the one um and the sea of black well you you i'm from detroit so you're used to the sea of blackness Mm -hmm. but the organized Mm -hmm. manner in which they did everything was just 
fucking beautiful. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it was something that that I'll never forget. Um, and I'll always be grateful to him for uh for that shit. That shit was dope. Yes, sir. It was. I had a I had a blast. I did. Yeah, but the, the museum there um is is phenomenal. And they have <laughs> um they recreated a slave ship mm-hmm. with like wooden slaves mm-hmm. in the ship. And then they have like a narrator, like when you walk in, mm-hmm. it, you, you can hear them screaming and crying and, and, and mm-hmm. talking to each other. Oh my God, it's, it's it's one of the most powerful things I've ever witnessed. If you ever mm-hmm. get a chance to take your kids there, it would be it would be dope for them to go and I yeah, definitely do something I, to help let me know. Yeah, I would love to come come to that. Absolutely. Um and Deach Lynn actually no, there is not a topic. King Randall is the topic. I'm just looking at some of the comments on YouTube. Okay, no worries. Um, and Sugar Booger says uh, a very eclectic taste. That says a lot about you though. That's it, it, it that 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 um I'm trying to see how is it. I'm too stupid to really say it. Um, oh no, don't say that. <laughs> you're a very intelligent young man. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, with that eclectic taste, that 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 would be one of the indicators. Do you plan on going back to school? Uh yes, I do plan on going back to school probably this for spring semester, actually. Uh mm-hmm. my bachelor's. I have an associate's degree in culinary arts. Uh I got that out of high school. And I became a professional chef, um, but I'll go back and get my bachelor's um, in, I'm not sure yet, but I'll be going in uh, spring. I'm actually thinking about doing law school, actually. I can see that. I can actually, and if, you, if you're if serious about that one, let me know. Will do. I just got to find the time for it. I need time to, like, kind of get everything. I'm a ducks in a row, so I'll be able to, you know, run my school and take those classes, et cetera, so. I mean, well, you know what? You can't practice to them if they can do anything and they act like you can't. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Preach to them, rather. I'm sorry. That's true. But yeah, bro, like, don't, like, you're 22, man. Do whatever the fuck your mind can conceptualize at this point. Oh, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, like, it's some shit that looking back, man, I wish I'd have been like, okay, I wish I'd have done X, Y, and Z. Right. And that's kind of how I live right now. Like I, I live now. I'm like, man, I don't never want to be one of them 35 year olds that be like, man, I wish I would have did this. I wish I would have did that. I'm trying to get everything done before my back start hurting, before I need to wear a knee brace and all that. <laughs> I'm trying to go ahead and get it all while I got all the energy. Uh, so when I do turn 35, I can chill out and sit down for a second because I've you know, built so much and I don't have to keep working and stuff like that. Because people like my age like to play now and then work later. I'm like, you're crazy. I'm finna work now and play later so <laughs> and do that backwards um okay so you, you your 35 year old self when you look back what do you think you've accomplished at that point um i definitely plan to have our school in, in multiple cities and multiple locations but also you know i have i plan to have the city of albany uh in a new stronghold i don't want to be the the number one for poverty in albany i mean in, in the state of georgia anymore i see our boys you know taking over the city uh, building businesses, you know, reactivating those railroads. We have an airport. Only one plane leaves out of there. I need at least five planes leaving out of there in 10 years or if 10 planes. We have no skyscrapers. City is huge. We need skyscrapers there. We need business flowing. We need our downtown area moving. We need the crime rate going down. That's what I really see, you know, happening 
by the time I turn 35, I can make all that happen without being a politician. If I believe, I believe we can have 300 of our boys trained up to be, you know, stand up gentlemen, and we can go take back our city, you know, as a unit um, and not just a singular person, but we can do it all together. Um, so that's what I believe I see happening, you know, 15 years. I'm mainly focused on Albany, Georgia. However, I do want to branch our program out, but, you know, for me, you know, being from Albany, Georgia and having that city, you know, just be a failure for so many years. Even Dr. King and Malcolm X talked about Albany, Georgia, and how we've been a failure like for years and nothing good has ever come out of Albany. Um, I definitely see that changing. Um, and I want me and our boys to be able to have changed that. Well, I ain't gonna say nothing good has come out of Albany. A lot of good has come out of Albany, or they wouldn't have produced you, bro. This is true. Yes, sir. So, shout out to Albany. I don't want them mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I know we ain't got too much time, man, so I'm not going to take much more of your time. I definitely appreciate the conversation. Very informative. Um, And if you need anything, I don't know what I could possibly do, but if I can, let me know. I actually know a couple people um, so if there's anything you know that I can do, just let me know, bro. This I appreciate it. Yes, sir. And shout out to your people. Uh, I forget their name that that, that I've been corresponding with. Alex. Very professional. Yeah. Yep. Very professional. Alex is the GOAT. Prompt. Shout out to you, Alex. Uh, <laughs> yep. Anything you want to say to the people before you uh, get up out of here, man? Yep. I give the same quote every time I get off the show. Um, that's from our, one of our local hometown hero rappers. His name is Kane Trail. He says obstacles are optical illusions. They're not really there. Jump high anyway. Jump high just in case. That's dope. Shout out to that guy. Uh, on that note, man, don't forget to subscribe to the channel uh, or wherever the hell you hear this. Subscribe to it. Share it. Tell somebody about it. I'm a dope old dude that talks to a shitload of dope people. Um, yeah, you have a good one, King. Uh, we'll be praying for you. Shout out to you, Sugar Booger. Thank you. And Um that's an interesting name, Deech Land. Y'all have a good one, and I'll be back at some point in the future, God willing.